We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Boy, I said early in the show that a picture is worth a thousand words, and I used as an illustration for that the video of J.D. Vance, the senator from Ohio, scratching the creek bed at Leslie Run. Now, J.D. Vance said it was Leslie Run, and then Mike DeWine said, no, we tested this one place where there's all kinds of chemicals, and we dammed it up right away, and DeWine gave a different name for it. I know there's like three or four little creeks and tributaries and stuff around there, so I don't know if J.D. Vance was at a different place, if the... Same tributary has two different names, three different names, then that's possible. But in the same vein of a picture is worth a thousand words, there's a Twitter site, a Twitter account rather, called End Wokeness. If you're on Twitter, you can find it, at End Wokeness. And it's just two pictures from the town forum the other night in East Palestine. It's just people sitting there, hands up, looking intent, looking depressed, looking like beaten down, as you would if your whole life had been turned upside down by a toxic train derailment, a cloud, fiery smoke, dust everywhere. You don't know what's in it. You don't know if you dare breathe it. Heaven forbid, drink any of it in. And the wokeness, the end wokeness account says, this is who lives in East Palestine, in case you were wondering why the Biden regime doesn't, and I'll clean it up, care. Because when you look at the pictures of these folks, number one, they're all white. Number two, they're all rural. They're in hoodies and ball caps and flannel shirts and, you know, uh, like Carhartt vests. And I don't doubt that that's true. If these were, for instance, uh, The Akron Beacon Journal ran a story today. The cataclysmic Norfolk Southern train derailment in East Palestine could have impacted far more Ohioans. And they go through the rail lines in Ohio, Norfolk Southern rail lines, where the train came from and where it's going. First of all, does anybody find it odd, like I do, that two weeks after the train derailment, Norfolk Southern still won't say which path the train followed? Oh, well, you know, it's not like air travel where you have to book ahead. I mean, you know, you got rail lines, you can go this way, you can go that way. Mm. But if the train followed the most direct route on the Norfolk Southern tracks toward East Palestine, it would have passed through Cleveland, Hudson, and Ravenna, as well as near Kent. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if this thing had derailed in Cleveland, first of all, Sherrod Brown would not have allowed J.D. Vance to beat him to the scene of the accident. Sherrod Brown would have been there, like, before they lit the place on fire, Sherrod would have been there. Oh, those are my people. Those are the only people in the state of Ohio Sherrod Brown cares about. Cleveland's carried his sorry butt to the Senate two times before. Another less direct route could have taken the train on a more southern route from Toledo, turning south at Sandusky, then east at Bucyrus, and continuing through Mansfield, Maslin, and Canton. If it had wrecked any of those places, 
you'd be in the same pickle as East Palestine. Here's my fear for the people of East Palestine. Beyond, and this is not at all meant to trivialize these concerns, because they are, of course, the paramount concerns. Water, air, groundwater in the future, carcinogens, and this will be a concern for the next 20 years. Anybody shows up with cancer in East Palestine or New Waterford or any of these little villages in and around this train derailment for the next two decades, the train derailment is going to be blamed. That's why I say, if DeWine is serious, and again, this will make his govern, this will make his legacy as a politician. He's been a senator. He's been the attorney general of the state of Ohio. He's been a state rep. He's been pretty much everything you can be. And all those 40 years of public service that Mike DeWine has performed, nothing is going to shape his political legacy like the people of East Palestine's opinion and the prevailing opinion of the people in the state of Ohio about how he handles this situation. I know he wants his legacy to be Intel. Oh, of course he wants his legacy to be Intel and the Honda battery plant and everything else. No. Mike DeWine's legacy is going to be how the people of East Palestine feel like he either did or did not stand up for them on this issue. So aside from the air, water, cancer, all that stuff, which of course is the paramount concern, what I worry most about, in addition to all those things now, the other thing I worry most about is that all these people of East Palestine, you look at their photos, they're honest, hardworking, I just want to be left alone people. They are you and me. I want to go to work. I don't mind going to work. I'll go to work. I'll work hard. I'll work two jobs. I'll work three jobs. I'll do whatever I have to do, whatever's in my control to provide for my family. That's who these folks are. Look at their pictures. You can see it. They're you. Okay? But they are pawns in this game that is being played by every politician and every bureaucrat who looks at this as a legacy-making opportunity. Look, I'm not saying J.D. Vance shouldn't have been there yesterday. He should have been there yesterday. Sherrod Brown should be there. They should stay there. All the national media that comes in, they should be there. But there's an element to Jesse Waters, and i, I got no problem with Jesse Waters, but there's an element to Jesse Waters and Tucker and all the people taking the side of the little man, and then there'll be an element of other media who, because this eventually will, I hope, reflect as poorly as it should on Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden, who will poo-poo this. And the people of East Palestine will be the forgotten people. And, ah, just a more redneck, right-wing extremist, Trump-loving people who are never satisfied. That's what I fear. J.D. Vance goes there, he scratches the creek bed. Okay, great. But he got a great viral video out of that. He got a great viral video out of that. And Sherrod Brown's now, he's going to look for something that he can do. You uh, you mentioned the uh, scraping the creek. Yeah. And I, I, I do a lot of fishing, so I have a tendency to be interested in the waterways, yeah. especially in this example. And I looked up the two that have been referenced. Governor DeWine referenced Sulphur Run. And J.D. Vance referenced Leslie, Leslie Run. Run yes. Sulfur Run runs east and west through East Palestine, uh, Palestine, and it actually turns south and runs into Leslie Run. So Sulfur Run into Leslie Run, and then it goes south from there. So they're probably both affected because those are the two 
smaller water ra- waterways that run in that town. So DeWine said the sulfur, sulfur run, run is the one they dammed up. That's so the you're one saying it flows into Leslie Run? It does. So how is J.D. Vance able to find contaminants in that if That's a good DeWine question. said, no, we blocked it right away and none of that water's getting out? Mm-hmm. That's First of all, you question. can't just, what do you do with the water when you dam it up? Where's it going? Well, I, for the most part, most waterways run north to south. Mm-hmm. However, there are a few that run the other direction. In the case of Sulphur Run, it runs east-west as far as it runs left to right, it looks like to me, yeah. on the map. But it does turn and go into Leslie Run, so they connect on the south side of Palestine. And so, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that they're probably both affected. I don't know how much. I'm not there. By but. the way, what are the chances that Ilhan Omar cared about this because just the word Palestine, like, set her off? Because she's a big Palest- Palestinian refugee <laughs> Maybe oh, she wait, thinks you mean that's there's a, a community wait, there. You she mean that's, could. that's in Ohio? You mean they're not Muslims? Oh, forget what I forget. I said a word. Uh, forget I said anything. Go <laughs> back to maybe. work, Pete. Go back to riding your bike, Pete. You're fine. <laughs> I, my bad. My uh-huh. bad. Oh, no more. <laughs> uh, so this is my concern that the people of East Palestine will be victimized all over again as political pawns to make a case for somebody's future political aspirations or to make a bid, a bid for ratings. Like Jesse Waters. I mean, look. I'm not a Bruce Vanderhoff guy, but Jesse Waters calling him Bowtie Fauci. Did Jesse Waters do like a lot of research on Bruce Vanderhoff to find out? Yeah, that's a fair comparison. Or he looks a little bit like Fauci. He's a medical expert. I mean, like I give Vanderhoff credit for going and being at the forum. Like the Norfolk Southern people weren't at the forum. They couldn't even zoom in. Mayor Pete wasn't at the forum. He couldn't even zoom in. Vanderhoff's there. So... I'm just saying, I see in the way this is being treated and the way it's being portrayed as we're picking, again, what we always do, right? Which laundry do we like? Which color? Which team are we on? Red, blue, Democrat, Republican. And what we should care about are, are these people safe? Are they safe or not? I hope that becomes everybody's primary concern. If you really want to know how bad crime is in the city of Columbus, I'm looking right now at the Columbus Dispatch website under the headline News. And I'll just read the headlines. Fact check. Debunking false claims on Ohio's train derailment. (laughs) The second news story is, get a great deal on an all-access subscription. Okay. Number three is, what you get with a dispatch subscription. I'm guessing they don't say... Uh, inaccurately port- reported liberal nonsense. I guess that that's what I get with a dispatch subscription. Uh, a thir- the fourth story is a story from one of the betting apps. Then we get down to photos from the Ohio Board of Trustees meeting. Here's what's closed for President's Day. Ohio Politics podcast. Man killed after southeast side pedestrian crash. Logan man sentenced. Norfolk Southern. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I don't see on here? Last night in Linden, we had... Three t- three kids, 14 and 15 years of age, shot in Linden last night. It's not even on the dispatch website. Uh, that's Joyce Beatty's area, ladies and gentlemen. You're head of the Congressional Black Caucus. But Joyce, like Pete Buttigieg, 
is way too busy to worry about your petty safety concerns. And Lyndon, kids, here's Joyce Beatty earlier in the week. I'm just pulling a random cut, so I don't even know what she's going to say here. Where was she speaking? Was she speaking at the uh, Coalition to Solve Inner City Crime in uh, depressed neighborhoods in the Midwest? No. Here she is speaking at the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition, building a better, safer world. Okay, well, maybe they're concerned about gunfire overnight in Linden. Let's, uh, let's give a listen to Joyce Beatty and see. When you think about $1.3 trillion, mm. we had never passed legislation in the history of the Congress. Well, they need a better microphone at the Global Leadership Conference, I would say. She's talking about the infrastructure bill. And she's talking about the need for easily accessible masks for kids. That was what she was talking about. Um, take that with you, Lynn, when you uh, go back to the polls. That is your congresswoman, Joyce Beatty. Now, Mike DeWine announced this morning something on Fox and Friends, and he reiterated it on his press conference that began at 11 a.m. They know that people in East Palestine may not have health insurance, may not have a family doctor. So coming next week to the area, they're going to set up a clinic so that people can get the medical care and the medical assessments that they need. Here's Governor DeWine talking about that this morning on Fox and Friends. I understand people's concerns. Look, they've been through a a very, very traumatic, uh, horrible, horrible experience. And so I, we, we really get it. So we've reached out uh, to HHS uh, and the federal government. Uh, they are going to bring in uh, people who are real experts in toxicity mm-hmm. uh, and exposure uh, to chemicals. Uh, they're going to have access to literally the best people in, in the country. Okay, Governor. Uh, we're going we're to set up a clinic uh, early, early next week, mm-hmm. uh, and pe- right in the middle of the community, so people will be able to go in there. Uh, and we're doing that out of an abundance of caution. Again, we're showing nothing on the water. The water is good. The air is good. But we understand people have concerns. Well, of course they have concerns. Uh, now, my uh, commentary about the shooting in Linden sparks a call from Howard. 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Howard calls it. He's on the Bruce Woolley Show. Hello, Howard. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, I spent about six or seven years working uh, in Linden and uh, have found that, had found at the time, this was a few years ago when it wasn't quite as crazy, but uh, leaving work at 1130 at night, Mm. I stopped at a red light because I was on 17th Avenue, and you did not know. Yeah. What was going to come flying out from behind the house, the car, behind anything, and hit your car, or who's going to approach you? Uh, it was flat crazy, and this is 20 years ago. Mm. Uh, I cannot imagine anybody uh, what they're dealing with now, with just with the gunfire. We heard gunfire every night where I worked, every night. Yeah, it's a, it's a horribly sad situation. Thank you for your perspective, Howard. I appreciate it very much. And the really sad part is that a lot of people don't know because we just hear about the he- hear about the headlines and occasionally see the news coverage. There is so much pride in the Linden community for people who grew up in that community. 
And Lyndon McKinley High School used to be a thriving high school. And I'm um, friendly with the football coach at Lyndon McKinley. He's done a tremendous job there because what has he done? He's brought a couple of things to the table. Number one, understanding. He said to me one time, you can't have the same expectations for kids attending practice, weight room sessions and the like here that you could have at another high school. Other high schools, kids don't show up, you kick them off the team. Here, kids don't show up because they're home taking care of their baby sister. They're home taking care of their baby brother. There's no dad in the picture. Mom's not here. Grandma's, you know, overwrought. And the other thing he's brought, though, is discipline. Is discipline because you have to have discipline. Uh, Al in Dayton next on the Bruce Hooley Show. Hello, Al. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. So I'm in Dayton. Um, I do a lot of work in things in Cincinnati, Columbus, Dayton, and have spent a lot of time in a lot of inner cities. And they do have one thing in common, um, especially in Ohio. They seem to be run by uh, people that just kind of don't care. They don't really uh, do what needs to be done for the specific communities. They're, they're, they're doing what some of these other folks are doing, and they're talking about international things and, and things that aren't really relevant to the local communities. And the crime that's rampant, in Columbus, uh, I spent a lot of time in East Columbus, uh, spent a, lot of, a little bit of time in West Columbus, but it, it's everywhere. It, it's it's not it's not just in Columbus. I'm so I have I have one minute left. I'd like to get you since you've been in these uh, in these crime ridden areas. You said they're not doing what needs to be done. In your opinion, what needs to be done? Well, I think that they need to not only put real infrastructure back in there. Um, Dayton just passed a uh, thing where they're going to be able to use um, spot shotter and cameras and all kinds of things to detect crime and activity. And what's interesting is a lot of people in the inner city were not for it. And I live in the inner city and I certainly am for it. Yeah, I think here's the thing, Al. I appreciate your perspective. I'm sorry we're up against a hard break, but thank you for bringing your perspective to the table. I think the first thing you need to do in these areas is not bring in like grants and stuff like that and new business. You have to change the culture in the areas. And the only way to change the culture in the areas is to make the people who like you work there, live there, feel safe. And the only way you can do that is to bring a very heavy presence of law enforcement into the city, a visual, uh, a visual presence of law enforcement into that area of the city. So that people aren't afraid to walk in the neighborhood. They aren't afraid to go to the corner convenience store. They aren't afraid to work in the area. And once that takes hold and takes root, then you might start to see those areas flourish. Then it's time for the grants. In this year's radio commercial, I'm going to show you how the famous quote, two birds, one stone, should actually be four birds, one stone. Yeah, I can see you're on the edge of your seat, but let's at least give it a try. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and what we're seeing from families across the country is how One Stone, the cash-out refinance, is helping families four different ways. 